Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling, and I'm excited to be with you this week to talk about something that's involving multifamily, but also from another piece of the commercial real estate world, and that is triple net versus multifamily. How is multifamily investing like investing in a triple net leasehold? And how is it different? That's what we're going to talk about this week. Thanks for joining me. If you have questions, shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. Please don't forget to swing by the website and check out the Learning Center Lots of great content there on the Multifamily Real Estate channel. Uh, sign up for upcoming webinars, uh, soon-to-be new live events posted, and of course you can access our entire library of podcasts going all the way back to Season 1. So let's talk about triple net leases. If you are new to real estate investing just focused on multifamily, you've heard this but aren't quite sure what it means, let's talk a little about a triple net lease. Net, net, net. That's where triple net comes from. So a triple net lease is where I, as the property owner, I have a building that you, as my tenant, would like to use. This could be a building that's a warehouse that you're going to use. It could be office space that you're going to use. It could be a variety of things. Generally speaking, you're not going to see triple net leases in uh, every piece of the uh, real estate world. Um, multifamily leases are not structured as triple net leases. You may have your residential multifamily property structured kind of like a triple net lease, meaning you're passing everything through to that person and they're only paying a little bit of rent. Um, but odds are you're not. So a triple net lease is where I provide that building and I charge the tenant rent. That rent compensates me for the value of the property and for the mortgage payment that I make. Every other expense associated with the building, so property taxes, insurance, maintenance of the property, janitorial, utilities, everything that you can possibly think of simply flows through to the tenant and the tenant pays those expenses. So as a tenant, I have this building, I have all these expenses, which by the way, are the exact same kinds of expenses I'd have if I owned this building, but I don't own it. Instead, I pay rent to the property owner. Well, why? what's the benefit of doing that as a commercial tenant? Well, I, I refer to this, and this is just my term, not a professional term from the industry. I refer to it as off-the-book borrowing. So that tenant really is buying that building. They really do own it. They're not putting capital up front. 
in order to buy the property, and they don't have a loan on their books. They're also not getting a chance to depreciate that asset because they don't own it, but they do get a chance to write off all of the rent, and they don't have that loan sitting on their books when it comes time for them to do other borrowing to operate their business. It can be a very advantageous way to operate. In some instances, property owners, someone that owns a building and does exactly what I just said for their own use, will sell that property to someone and then lease it back using this triple net kind of model. So what's attractive about that for a real estate investor is I don't really have to do anything, right? I get a tenant, they move in, and then they're basically going to take care of all this stuff. Now I need to keep an eye on it and make sure they're actually doing everything that needs to get done. And there's a little bit of accounting work that's involved. But there's not a lot of heavy lifting that I have to do. So it's pretty easy from that standpoint. I get to depreciate the building. That sounds pretty good. But my return is going to be a little bit different because it's essentially based on the delta between the rent that I can charge and the cost of the money that I put in. And that's where I make my money is on that spread in between. Triple net leases oftentimes don't have much in the way of an increase in rent built into them, and they can be longer term. Five years is not uncommon. So a lot of things to like, easy to own, not a lot of headaches involved in it, pretty safe place to put cash. And there's some things that aren't so good. Returns are less than what you might experience somewhere else and not a lot of upside for a longer-term commitment. So let's look at the multifamily world then and draw some contrasts. So if you go out and buy a multifamily property, or when we buy a multifamily property, tenants pay us rent, and then we have to pay all those expenses. Now, the tenant is paying those expenses. If someone gives me $1,000 a month in rent, I'm using that $1,000 to make the mortgage payment, to pay the property taxes, to pay the insurance, to pay all the same expenses that the triple net tenant paid. It's just the tenants not paying those as individual line items. They don't get a bill every month or a couple times a year that says, here's what you need to pay for property taxes or whatever it might happen uh, to be from that standpoint. So in multifamily, it's a little easier on the tenant, right? It's a simpler transaction. And there's a little more risk, if you will, on our side of the table, because what if those expenses are different? What if property taxes are higher than what we originally had forecasted? Well, I can't just go to the tenant and say, you have to pay the difference. That's not the nature of the lease relationship. Conversely, if they're lower, I don't go to the tenants and say, hey, great news, we saved some money on property taxes, let me give you your, your share. So there's some risk associated with that on our side of the uh, fence. Plus, we have a lot of tenants. You have to fill up the property. They have one-year leases, which means every year we get a chance to raise rents. It also means every year we've got to 
do a new lease. And if that person decides they don't want to stay, we have to go replace that person. So there's a lot more activity that goes on. In return, we can make a better return than many triple net leases. There could be some out there that have comparable returns, but we generally can do better than a triple net kind of uh, property. So nice benefits on multifamily in terms of being able to move rents more aggressively, uh, realizing higher returns. There's additional work that's involved relative to a triple net lease, uh, more things that have to get done, uh, but you're getting a higher reward in return for that. Well, we look at that world and say there's benefits in each of those models. How can we integrate some of that together? Are there things from the triple net world that we can bring over here to the multifamily space to improve the overall experience we have as investors and do it in such a way that our tenants continue to be very satisfied with the product that they're getting. And there's a few items that we do that with that, I, that I'll share with you now. So one of those is the whole notion of being able to pass through certain expenses. Now, I mentioned property taxes as an example. We don't pass property taxes through. I've not seen that done anywhere. It's possible if someone is renting an individual single-family residence that there might be some element of that involved in that relationship. But as far as I'm aware, passing property taxes through doesn't, doesn't occur. Uh, nor does insurance, right? The insurance for the structure and so on it's, itself. But there are many other expenses that either can be passed through or are routinely passed through. The most common being utilities, right? So if there is a common utility bill, generally that's going to be for water and sewer. It could be for gas if there's natural gas at the property. Occasionally it'll be for electricity, but that's very rare, although it could be. And in those instances, those can be billed back to tenants. And they're billed as separate line items, either because they're read off of a meter or because they are uh, allocated on a regular basis to, um, to tenants. And that's a pure pass-through. So I, as the property owner, am not paying the utility bill and just eating that expense, having to recover it through rent. I pay the utility bill, but I recover it through other income that comes from tenants above and beyond their rent. Trash. Trash is kind of like a utility, if you think about it. The, uh, and in many jurisdictions, actually, uh, it's a municipal uh, expense and may come actually with the water bill. Uh, I've seen that in some places. And it is not uncommon to pass trash through. It, we're now getting into an area where um, whether or not these are passed through tend to be a norm within the community. You look at how the other assets nearby are handling this. If they're passing trash through, well, then we could probably do that as well. If they're not, we may give some thought to whether or not we want to begin doing that. So trash, 
pest control, right? The nice folks that come by and make sure that we keep all the uh, creepy crawlies and critters and stuff out of the property. Uh, pest control is a item that can be typically uh, passed through. Uh, I mentioned trash. There's a, another level of trash service called valet trash, which is um, a very personalized service. People get a little special trash can, they set their trash can outside their door, uh, and then it's picked up some number of days every week, five days a week, six days, whatever it might happen to be. Uh, works great if you've got a large property and the trash cans are kind of difficult to access. Also can keep the property a little cleaner. It's a nice amenity, and that is something that is often passed through. Now, many of these items need to be passed through at cost. Some can be passed through uh, with some uh, profit, some extra charge to it. Utilities are passed through at cost. There's not an allowance to be able to make money on utilities. But something like valet trash uh, can be done. Maybe it costs $15 a month to do that. Uh, it can be charged at $20 a month. And so there's a profit opportunity there above and beyond just recovering the uh, revenue component that goes with it. But there are other items, and that's part of the ability to look at the triple net world and say, how can we implement some of those ideas here? There are some other items. One is a CAM fee. Now, CAM stands for Common Area Maintenance. In a commercial property, especially if it was, for example, like a campus situation, there'd be a cam fee, and that's going to pay for all the outside common area stuff, landscaping and a number of other things. Many apartments don't have cam fees, but often properties do. The best analogy I can draw it to would be it's very similar to a portion of the HOA fee that someone might pay if they lived in a condominium. Part of that HOA fee that you pay every month goes to cover common area maintenance items, so landscaping, exterior lighting, a number of other items like that. So it is not a foreign concept. Again, it needs to be looked at relative to the marketplace. Many of our properties, in fact, do have CAM fees, um, modest CAM fees, but those CAM fees add incremental to the revenue line uh, every year. And it's one of those tools that's in the triple net world that can come across into, uh, into our space. Now, the things that are in the triple net world that we already do better or that we like better are things like shorter-term leases, the ability to move rents uh, more routinely and more frequently, uh, as well as the, um, the greater valuations. As we move those rents, NOI is going to grow. We're able to grow the value of our property in a manner that's different than someone that has a, um, a triple net property. The final piece is, and this is one of the biggest reasons that investors will invest in a triple net property is, I don't want the hassles. I want life to be easy. Well, that's the reason people like me exist. Uh, we, Mara Poling, our offering, if you will, our value proposition is not just the financial return and 
the security and stability and all the other pieces that are in the, um, the total return profile, but it's the elimination of the hassle. It's the ability for investors to put money into multifamily and to not worry about the broken hot water heater, the uh, landscaping that uh, isn't being maintained the way it needs to, and we've got to get a new landscaper out there. The We just lost three tenants that didn't renew. We've got to go get three tenants to replace them. None of that has to happen for an individual investor. We take care of all of that and manage that. And that makes it very much like the triple net experience. So to the extent that we can take the benefits of multifamily, which are security and stability, uh, a shortage of Class B uh, assets, the ability to add value to them, if we can take that and put that inside a model that takes advantage of the things that everybody likes about triple net, right? The, the lack of hassles, the ability to pass through expenses, then we think we can get a little bit of the best of both worlds. Now, for those of you that have your own portfolios, right, whether it's hundreds of units or you have 20 units or, uh, or a fourplex, whatever it might happen to be, you can absolutely look at implementing some of these kinds of ideas. I would encourage you just do a little more research, learn a little bit more about the triple net space. Look at what the competition is doing. As we've always said, so much of what we do in this space has to fit within the local market we're in. If no one is charging a cam fee, or if no one is charging for landscaping, if it's a single family, for example, or no one that you're competing with is charging back for trash, then you'll need to give some thought as to whether or not you want to be the pioneer that starts doing that. You could certainly try, and if there's pushback, then you can always say, okay, we won't do that. Um, but you need to look at that. If when you look, everybody else is charging for trash, well, then you should charge for trash. If everybody else is passing through the cost of the, of the gardener, this is in particular, if you have a single family residence and you've told the tenants they can't maintain the, the landscaping, you're going to do it, um, that's something you could potentially pass through. If you're going to implement those kinds of changes, Generally speaking, you're going to want to do that at the beginning of a new lease. It can be difficult to go to an existing tenant with an existing lease and say, hey, I want to start charging you for this piece. Um, if I'm the tenant, I would respond by saying, well, you're already paying for that, and I pay you rent, so it's already in the rent. No, I'm not going to pay you that. Uh, and you may be prohibited legally, given how your lease is structured, from being able to suddenly add a fee. But when it comes time for renewal, all bets are off, and you could absolutely have that conversation at that point in time. So I hope this helps you think about triple net leases a little bit differently uh, as a, uh, if you will, a research and development place that you can get some ideas about how to manage multifamily uh, in a more opportune way. Uh, we certainly look at triple net as a valuable part of the overall investing model in real estate. And we think there are things that can be implemented in the multifamily space that come from the triple net world and that add value and that tenants are supportive of. 
so with that, if you have questions, as I said, shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com. Don't forget to swing by the website, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And join me next week for another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling.